Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Welcome to episode 105. In this episode Steve talks to Dom and Bryce, again, this time about the new season for Errata, and all the critical changes that happened to veteran Minx. Singled out. I was challenged to do a Scouse accent in a previous podcast, so this is my terrible attempt at it. Um, we're going to talk about the errata, I think, uh, and we are joined by guests from a previous episode, um, which, you know, peek behind the curtain was uh, recorded back to back with this one. Um, so we have again uh, Mr. Dominic Mesterland. Hello, Mr. Cole. And we have a Mr. Bryce Johnston. Hello, how's it going? It's been Good. literally seconds since we literally last talked. We are refreshed though, at least, you know. We I are. Mean, we we had a little we had a little comfort break. Yeah. We ate a little bit of chocolate, we had a little bit of oat cakes, we're all doing a bit better now. Yeah, we all feel shinier and happier, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this podcast we're gonna talk about the newly announced Arata, which is, you know, much debated, much awaited, and always I think quite a you know, a sort of interesting sort of temperature gauge for the game, isn't it? Um, so I guess what I'd be really interested to know before we get into the details of the changes is, you know, what were the key things you guys were looking to address as part of this errata? And, and I guess as part of that, where do you think the game is balance-wise going into the errata and coming out of it? Um, ah, that's quite a big question. It's Jesus. a long question, isn't it? I, guess I, almost, you... I almost swore there. Like, I almost, <laughs> I almost did a swear. I almost, thought, I almost slipped. A little You're... swear is a treat. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little. A little uh, is this, a little is this like a is this like a twelve film where we get one swear word? 
Yeah, exactly. Or I'll just we'll just dump it out, and it'll be like you going, "You freaking airhead!" <laughs> like, substitute terrible, uh, terrible swearing. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, so high level, it was really just we looked at the guilds that were performing, and particularly like captains that were performing above where we want them to be, and guilds that are performing below where we want them to be, and we're generally aiming for. Ideally, we'd like every guild to be in the forty-five to fifty-five percent win rate. Like that's the sort of we've we've said that a few times. Like that sort of ten percent margin is where we ideally want guilds to be. Um, and there were a few outliers um, that we've really just wanted to address in this one. Um, notably, the late like uh, veteran greed and soma and alchemists, uh, miners and uh, navigators. We want to bring up a little bit and falconers this time. Great, and I guess um, and then in terms of sort of balance, is that you, you, are you looking for a particular? You're just looking to get that sort of win rate equalised, or are you looking to remove any particular elements from the game, or increase the presence of any particular elements? Um, hmm. Not overly specifically remove anything from the game, although we have done a lot of work, I think, recently, as we've talked about. The the podcast will come out some distance apart, but we're looking to remove jailing as an option, um, and also generally give teams more options on kickoff. Um, so that they can have just stronger kicks, basically, uh, because a lot of teams were just bad, or, or not bad, but a lot of teams struggled when they had to kick off, um, and we wanted to sort of give teams more options and, and more ability to play an aggressive kickoff turn. That makes sense. And I think you've seen this increase of like dual kick things haven't you you know where you have the model that kicks and then usually a guild can move another model into position to threat as part of the kickoff you know either through pushes or drags or whatever second yeah. activations and i guess the, it does feel like there was a bit of a gap between those who could and those who couldn't yes basically that's the thing is there's there's quite a there quite there can be quite a, a gap between those guilds and we're sort of trying to even those out a little bit so should we talk about one of the guilds that was... I think what we'll do first of all is we'll talk about the uh, guilds that have been sort of nerfed slightly, and then we'll talk about the fun stuff, about the positive stuff. And I think the the guild that strikes me as having, or at least seems to have the most changes um, in that sense, is probably Miners, who, who wore one of those guilds that were incredibly powerful on turn one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've changed basically Fisher's place effect, you've changed the momentous damage on Mule... And yeah. you've now put a restriction on salvos a three influence cap now, right? Yes, that is correct. Um, really, so the miners are kind of an interesting one because we brought out the miners obviously last about this time last year, and then very quickly it kind of became apparent that they were very strong, and we brought them down a little bit. After which point their play rate dropped away quite significantly, but their win rate stayed broadly stable and actually in the last six months or so has increased to 61%. I think it's down now because Vengeance last year dropped off of the Longshanks ratings, but like no no guild in the game has had a 60% win rate for this amount of time. Like it's been a full year where the miners have had a, a, a win rate above 60%. And uh, looking into the sort of more specific data you get in Longshanks, um, the 
no guild has a winning record against miners. Like, oh, okay, really? Yeah, like miners are the best matchup in the game into miners with a fifty percent win rate. Oh wow! Like, farmers were second with fifth with forty nine point six. Alchemists were about forty nine, and then it dropped down. And also, miners are the worst matchup in the game for ten of the seventeen existing guilds. Okay. So that was all of that was sort of information that we were looking at when we wanted to give miners another pass to just bring them down a little bit because like that is a pretty compelling series of information saying that miners are still probably too strong and i think it's fair to say this is also we looked at this when we did the sort of uh errata suggestions podcast was this isn't just because fraser and coomber are playing them this is like if you take fraser and coomber stats out Miners yeah, are still well, I mean, the highest win rate guild in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fraser's uh, Fraser is obviously like a, an incredibly good player, but he's only got something like twenty-five, maybe thirty games on Longshanks, and that's not statistically out of the number of total miners games. That's not enough to swing the needle a huge amount, you know. Yeah. Um. Like no, no one player can really impact a guild's win rate by that that amount unless literally no one else is playing them you know yeah um like this is a consistent thing because like miners have miners have had and maintained that very high win rate even before before fraser picked them up and and still like even when the last six months or so like fraser's played in the last three months i think he's played one tournament or something maybe two tournaments and yeah Miners are still sitting on a sixty plus percent win rate, you know, like that is just a universal thing across across the game is that they have that very high win rate. And there and so what you guys have done basically is you've you've reduced one of the key interactions with miners, which is essentially the um when someone kicks into miners, which they usually have to do because miners, you know, get the plus one because they're a minor guild, the yep. basically Fisher goes, places Mule so that Mule can then immediately place themselves knock down and lock down the kicking model and then just back off, maybe do a bit of damage, maybe do a couple of throws in there as well. So their ability yeah. to mitigate kick pressure is incredibly strong. Yes. And you've basically just restricted the range that that can be delivered at. It's also yeah, worth you, pointing you, out as well, sorry, sorry Bryce, that um, lockdown has also lost the minus one tack part of it as well, which I've played a game uh, festival kicking into that particular minus situation, and it means that you're not kind of double dipping on the prevention element of what Mule can do. So not only is it, you know, now you can at least engage on them and maybe do a little bit rather than, right, okay, so you're slowed down and now your attack is dropped and we have loads of armor as well. So um, yeah. it makes it a bit easier, I guess, to engage on them. Because you often could only hit Mule after they'd done that. It would be a 3-2 in cover and you've lost attack. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, and like Mule's Mule... Also- even so, without the the tack penalty from lockdown, Mule is still in the running for the toughest model in the entire game. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, even just on base stats and abilities, like, he has obviously, um, like, a 3-2 with tough hide and, like, I can't remember, like, 15 health or something? Like, six, 16, 16 health. plus reanimate. And a place effect. And so, a place effect. So, and- even... Even leaving everything else aside, he is one of the most durable models, possibly the most durable models in the game. And so as a result, because of lockdown, like with the the additional minus one tack, it often meant that like your only 
the as you say, the only model you can hit is Mule, who can very often be in cover, and you may have to charge to get there because of lockdown. And yeah. then the minus one tack on top of that just felt like that was just too harsh, basically. Um, and the momentous, the the dropping of the momentous, uh, the momentous results off his damage, yeah. is like miners can get takeouts. Like it's not like often they'll play a three zero game or whatever, but they can get takeouts. And the ability to do momentous damage is something that it just gives them a lot more control over where, like. <laughs> over like initiative order as well yeah and they can really mix it they can mix it because they were they might only have had mule and um shaft who can do that but because mm-hmm. they're so good at creating crowd outs with mm-hmm. the place effects mm-hmm. they can they can it's only a momentous two but they can reliably hit it um even though it's on a third column of attack five model because you can usually yeah. get a couple of crowd outs and a knockdown yeah. thrown in there so, well, so yeah, yeah I think that makes... mule mule's first thing that he does to any model he's attacking is knock them down yeah and then uh, he can hit that momentous two and as you say if he's got some crowd outs he can often hit the momentous three yeah 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 um so the the other changed model in there is the crossover model so i think we'll, we'll cover salvo now because you usually see salvo and you see them you know in both engineers and miners but you've yeah. basically changed salvo's influence cap so he can't quite do the same uh Floored bolt, heroic for tether ball, sprint shot sort of play anymore. Yeah, he now affects his. He has a lot less. He has less freedom to do everything he wants to do in a turn now. Um, because it was mostly just for Salvo. Was I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a miners or engineer player in the last year that hasn't used Salvo in their lineup. Yeah. That's I, yeah, or it'd be a really notable tech exception kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. versatile. He can always do stuff. He's got you know his playbook's great. Yeah, so that that does make sense. I mean, it does, and it restricts his ability. It makes him more of a shooting ranged piece now, having the three cap as well, because he just can't buy as many attacks. Yes, great. Um, because previously he could effectively spend, as we talked about, he can effectively spend six influence in an activation. Yeah, um, which is sort of the thing that we would normally reserve for captains, um, and now we've just dropped that to five, um, just to sort of make it a little bit more difficult. Um, and obviously, also the change on Fisher means it cuts the range on the far end a little bit. It makes positioning more difficult, and um, just means the minor player has to work a little bit harder to get uh, your coming with me off. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it was just a little bit too easy before. And I think I also guess what you're pushing to is much less. It's a little bit less ball pressure mm-hmm. and and definitely less takeout pressure, which makes them more, of a, more focused on 3-0. Yes. Yeah, okay. definitely. Let's come on to, I mean, who saw this coming? Um, certainly not me. Uh, <laughs> who saw the next mm-hmm. game coming, which is uh, Alchemist's you've changed Vetcat and you've changed uh, Soma Numa. I have no comments at this time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the interaction between Soma and Vetcat was incredibly powerful. Uh, to be fair, I actually I haven't played Alchemist at tournaments this year, but when I've played in casual games, I've not used Vetcat when I've played Soma. 
I, mm-hmm. I just found it to be too strong. Um, and it's and it's not necessarily I'm interesting. I've played a couple of games against them at tournaments with uh, you, you know I've won I've won those games, but it feels like when you can't deal with it, it's just like a squatty shouldn't do you know a comfortable twelve damage to someone or you know on bio like soma with soma vetcat attack ten can hit only his first column and do four damage four damage four damage. I mean so. Easily speak it. I mean, like, oh, I, I mean, that's like if you whiff, like, if you roll only one hit on ten dice, which is like completely improbable. Yeah, like, more realistic, I, I, you can hit multiple ground pounds. I yeah, I think there's there's that. There's also so I had uh, actually at the weekend where I played the uh, the stay salty the Leodis lads like Adam and uh, yeah. uh, Adam Hans with Jamie Brewster ran a tournament at Leodis and it was. It was good fun, um, but I played against three Alchemist players in a row on top table, so all of those games will be up on stream at some point. I'll be up online at some point, I think. But um, at one point, uh, Vet Hat walked in and killed Vet Ox from full health, where he had to take the knockdown on the first attack. And, and I was like, three damage on that. Yeah, got- that's the thing. It's not. Yeah. It was. Knock down three damage, and then uh, Vet Ox is a is a two one, and he was like, okay, set. He just rolled the next attack with a bonus time. He's like, okay, six up to nine, and I was like, oh dear god, <laughs> like, yeah. and wow. that just that one point makes a huge difference. I think uh, Barry yeah. Gitchell was saying this in the Roll Better podcast recently. The difference between even that being three and four, yeah, you know, is is quite sizable. And you you've sort of reined his move in a bit, which is makes sense. He's less easy yeah. to drag around, it, it and you've also. Be- it should mean that um, it makes his influence less efficient because he yeah. now has a has a seven inch walking threat rather than an eight inch, which means like if he has to charge, that just means he's doing less damage as well. Especially um, getting the knockdown on the charge. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sort of Counter attack, you have to take it, and then obviously yeah. you change the efficiency of Soma, haven't you? So raging fire is now two influence. So so effectively, you have to choose between using nitro and raging fire. Yes, which was very. Like it, it was that was the kind of very deliberate choice where we're like we want to bring this model down, but like we don't. I, if if we can make a change that doesn't involve covering the card in changes, yeah. What does the effect? Like you want to make the the smallest possible change that has the effect you want, basically. Um, and Soma's is a very kind of interesting one because, like, on the surface, it's like, ah, okay, it's just too influenced to use raging fire instead of one. But practically forcing you to make that choice between Nitro and Raging Fire means that, like, you get to buff damage, or you get to buff, or you get to make your team incredibly uh, mobile, but you can't do both. And I Wait. think it means realistically you're seeing, yeah, you're because because you could generate a very powerful turn out of Soma on turn one with you know you move your whole team with Nitro and then something usually Vetcat, but actually models like Kami also go into things with yeah. Raging Fire. Yeah, um, yeah, or or you often go um, like you, you can wait until your last two activations, and then your second last activation is Soma moves Vetcat up six inches and then puts Raging Fire on him. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, I need to deal with this. Like, yeah. oh no. Yeah, and if you don't have that, and then you've also just changed. So I think one of the things that does is it drives people to use Numa more earlier because i think a lot of the time with soma what you were doing is waiting until you were on six points 
Mm-hmm. I think we talked mm-hmm. about this in the original podcast when they were releasing it. You wait till you're on six points, you turn into Numa, you get a six point activation, you win. Mm-hmm. But that, but because you can do less with Soma, you probably have to go earlier with Numa, and you've uh, made one change to Numa that is they can't heal, they can't yes. heal or be healed. So you're it just doubles down on that weakness that you know if yeah. someone gets hold of them, they're dead. Yeah, it's really Numa was always intended to be. Uh... Um, I think Matt referred to her as a, to them as a cruise missile. Yeah. Um, where like Numa will go in and Numa will almost definitely get a takeout or maybe a takeout and a goal, but the intent is that that should be it. Like you shouldn't have to deal with that model for more than two activations, and that's assuming they like go last and then first at the top of a turn, and that's the most you should really have to deal with Numa. And where we were finding that was a bit too powerful was into sort of three O guilds who were who can't reliably do enough damage to take out Numa in a turn. Um sure. at least yeah. not without putting their entire team into it. Um because obviously Numa can heal eight during a turn by spending momentum and can have conditions removed by other alchemist models as well. So like we just felt it was a little bit too hard for three O guilds to take Numa out. That makes and sense. Yeah, yeah. The intent is that Numa is a it's a fire and forget missile. You know, it's like they'll go in, they'll do their ridiculous damage or whatever they're they're gonna do, and then they get taken out. Like that very high damage output is intended to be countered by the fact that you are, if you're using it for a takeout, you're probably you should be trading two VPs for two VPs. That makes sense. Um, Sorry, we've been we've not let Dom talk in about in about twelve minutes. Oh no, like, no! I mean, I'm it's... gonna bring Dom in on the next one if that's <laughs> oh, okay. Right. oh okay. All right, okay. So, so I think that I, that all makes sense. I think as personally, I have I think those are perfectly sensible changes. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think it gives alchemists much more dilemma about captain selection. I think it downgrades I, them a bit. I would hope so because like one of the things I haven't seen in alchemists at all is people aren't running Midas. Like, I don't think any of the people I played at the weekend that played Alchemist ran Midas at all. And I'm like, this is nuts. It's, like, Midas is such a good captain. Like, it's, it's, it's And I'd mad, still... Yeah. yeah. It, it might be just from my point of view as a farmer player, but like, out of the three, Midas is the one that I'm most worried about because he's, he's really good at getting goals and not seeing him in rosters was like, well, my job becomes a little bit easier. It's yep. interesting because I think there's more overlap between, I guess there's more overlap between Soma and Midas in terms of where they, what they do and where their matchups apply. And Smoke gives you something a bit different in the sense that she can allow, like some of the guilds that those two aren't great into, like Steeljaw or Corsair or, you know, Smoke can play into, basically guilds that are very good at range, Smoke plays really well into. Mm. So she counts mm. those, so if you don't see those, then you might not might not take her but actually smoke is like, also pretty good into minors um, yeah like because... smoke is smoke is notably good into guilds like hunters for instance because they generally speaking don't have good condition removal and have quite tend to have quite low health pools yeah um, but even something and... like corsair you know like yeah. smoke's really good into defense 318 box tough hide models yeah yeah because yeah, you can just YOLO up and infuse and yeah. do do your character plays and like suddenly Corsair's not in a happy place. Like Yeah. 
Um, should we talk about, uh, I was going to ask Dom about vet greed, because that's the other big change, isn't it, is the changes to union, is, and it's only vet greed. Um, so what, what were you looking to change with that? What was the issue? Um, I guess one of the issues we found with vet greed is alongside his, um, not only was he incredibly good at supporting his own team, um, when he wanted to, his damage potential was also quite strong because he had attack five, a relatively short playbook, and the lance rule as well. Um, so you'll notice what, one of kind of the major things on the front of this card is Tack has now dropped down to four. So he can now still, you know, put a little bit of damage on, but it's kind of reining in that side uh, a little bit, I think it's fair to say. Um, what, were the, what were the other changes, uh, Bryce? Did forward minions change? Forward minions went up from cost two to cost three and became an aura rather than a pulse. Which is pretty so, big. It is pretty big, because previously, um, especially because he gives out a double activation with Do The Thing, he could pop forward minions, catch his entire team, and then for the rest of the turn, all of those models had plus, had, uh, plus two move. Um, and even aren't if they, to him, yeah. yeah, and aren't tethered to him. Whereas now, obviously, it's it's more expensive on the cost, and if they want to get the plus two speed from from that ability, they have to start the turn within six inches of greed. I'm sorry, they have to start their their advance within six inches of greed. So you can. So, sort of, there is some counterplay, basically. You yeah, can push models out that sort of thing. Yeah, you can push models out. You can um. You can kill greed for a start. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Very true. Pre- previously, if he'd popped um, forward minions, they had plus two move, even if he got taken out because it's a pulse. And to be honest, also, it's just a bit cleaner. You don't have to yes. track it as much. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's less tracking. Harder. Like that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it, I, I have one question with Union having having been playing them a little bit uh, for a few events recently and had seen them a lot. In London, is and I think people will ask this: Is Minx you felt? Didn't need change because the changes for greed were sufficient, or um, I guess I guess it's a matter of like when you make changes to things, sometimes you don't want to make too many changes at once. It may be worth kind of making like one change, see how that affects it, and then much like the miners, for example, if they then continue to be an issue, you can then do further taps later on down the line. I think that's fair to say. I think there's also an element of while Union were strong because. Uh, the, the Minx change was in the last errata like six months ago and Union were certainly stronger after that but no one was no one was crying about them until Vet Greed came out mm-hmm. and it's only really since December that we've started seeing all Minxes like people before were obviously that Minx is a very good model but Union weren't still weren't played that much they, they didn't have like a, a comically high win rate or anything like they were broadly within where we wanted them. And Minx was obviously a very strong model, but guilds are allowed to have very strong models. Like, that's okay. Mm. Um, and it's only really since Vet Greed came out that we've started seeing the complaints about Minx redouble. And um, basically, we wanted to do... It's one of those where... So, like obvi- The other thing is we wanted to keep this errata fairly limited in scope. Um, sure. Because the last one we did was pretty huge. The last one we did was like forty models or something. It was massive. I remember doing the podcast with you. It took all day. Yeah, <laughs> we were there. We were there for a week and a half. We ran out of yeah. food on day three. It was it was bleak. I was sitting in a car in North Devon when we did that. <laughs> I was, uh, ran out of petrol. <laughs> That's it. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we wanted to keep the scope of this fairly limited, and um, because we only really saw Union start to become a problem after Greed came out, we thought the the correct choice was to bring Greed down in Deserata and uh, watch Union like a hawk for the next sec- for until the next one, basically. That makes so, sense. No, I, that makes sense to me. I think it, Mink, I, I can Mink, see the Minx is Minx is definitely on a no fly list. If you know what I mean, like we're, she's, <laughs> she's on a register. Like she's getting searched every time she goes. In. Yeah, that a security yeah. thing is flagged with her. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I, I mean, I guess my view was that because greed strengthened Union's kickoff, it meant that actually what I saw was people then choosing to kick into vet rage. Yeah, uh, which and you know vet rage, which actually real good if on the on the receive like and, and with minx is so strong in that so maybe actually if people are thinking do you know what i'll i'll t- i'll suck up greed kicking into me and and have a bit more care about that you might see less impact from her so that's yes. the that's, that's the dirty the nasty stuff the sort of the ticking down of things um I, to be honest like, like i i can't speak for the community at all but i personally have no no issue with any of the changes i think um you know, I'm, I'm not going a little further on Union, a little less maybe on Miners, but I don't think that's any, you know, it's within like a couple of percent and it's a perception thing and you guys have very, very good reasons for doing that. Yeah. Um, main thing I can we, say is we, as, as an Alchemist player, I have no issues with the Alchemist changes at all. I think they're no, really fake. I, I, don't, I don't think anyone is going to be very surprised by any of the changes. I think Miners are one that people always seem to forget about. I think that's the one that people might be like, Oh, why are you bringing miners down? And we're like, well, they they've had the highest one. Yeah, they've had the consistently highest win rate in the game for over a year now. Like, I don't know. That feels like something we need to address. <laughs> like, yeah, should we go um, from the highest win rate guild to the lowest win rate guild and talk yes. a bit about navigators because yes. they've got some good chunky buffs, don't they? Yes, they really got some chunky buffs. I'm very excited to see, hopefully, a bit of an optech and navigators play. Um, post uh post this errata and i think this is i think actually just before we talk about the specific buffs i think this is funny because people inevitably whenever we do an errata there are always people who accuse uh like me or perkins or steve or dom or whoever's worked on the errata of being self-interested and given that i have a like i think navigators are my worst guild in season four like they're the guild i have lost most consistently to in season four yeah yeah and I am putting my personal feelings about them aside. <laughs> <laughs> because I hate navigators. I loathe playing against them. I feel terrible. I get beaten all the time. I don't enjoy it. I think they should go. I think I think they should stop. Um, <laughs> but I am perfectly willing to ignore and in this instance, like I'm looking at my personal prejudice and I'm going, This doesn't this win rate is is Partially because for most of that I was playing farmers, and it's just the way that the two guilds' strengths and weaknesses align is just bad for farmers. Like that. that... <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, one of the buffs you've given to Ed doesn't really do anything against farmers because it's an anatomical precision aura. So there's. A... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, it really. It they really can super... hit millstone now. Right? Yeah, they can hit millstone and plowman now. Like. Yeah. But, um, um, and it also helps them against um uh, I mean into shepherds, you know, if, yeah. if they've if, 
yeah, if for some reason navigators have triggered the the ram. <laughs> like for some reason they've decided that's a sensible play. Please um, do it. It's good. Maybe just. Yeah. It's just they're really smashing someone, isn't it? That's like wheeling. Yeah. You're like, do you know what? I have two armor. I'm uh, I'm crushing this. <laughs> but, um, and then, well, no, because he, he gives them the two armor, and then Eb goes and uses Sprung Awake, and he's like, no, <laughs> you absolutely do not have two armor. <laughs> like, what you want to do is wrap, don't you? You want you want to trigger the thing, so you want to kill yeah. wrap wrapping yeah. to the one use the sprung a leak then to hit all the models <laughs> that are getting yeah. to armor yeah 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 there's yeah. there you go there's yeah, the money like there's the money play. Possibly, there's possibly the most money activation in guild law like, yeah i think you just drop everything and i think you just throw the clock away and you just auto win if you <laughs> <that>. <laughs> so it's like, so it has changed in two ways which i think is good because i think um the two models that change navigators are the navigators only models. It's Azimuth yes. and Eb, and Eb is by far the biggest changes, right? That is very deliberate um, yeah. because, again, like models that only play for minor guilds, and we saw that in the the Shepherd's Guild podcast. That weirdly, I guess I'm now referencing, despite the fact that it probably came out like three weeks ago, but we recorded <laughs> it. We recorded it an hour ago. Time is weird. Um, Oh, God, I got distracted by time and I've forgotten the point I was going to make. Um, um, yeah, no, so uh, models that only play for a minor guild, we can make more powerful than models that cross over into major guilds, basically. And they should be as well, because they're, you know, you kind of have to have them. So Eb basically gains uh, the ability to... He gains a ranged character play that costs one, that, that's, that is minus two, minus two move on uh, models, which is... The effect itself is fine, it's alright, but the big thing is it gives you somewhere popping resilience. Yes, because that was um, something we noticed a lot about Navigators, was that they lack any good way of triggering resilience, yeah. and that also sucks for them, because they very often need to charge in order to get their kind of tackle double dodges at the top of the playbook. Um, and so that was what they really, really needed, was just a a good way of popping resilience. And then the other big change is the Sharp Eyes aura that Eb now has, which is a four-inch aura that gives out anatomical precision um, when they act when they begin their activation within the aura. Because obviously the other issue, other than resilience, was armor. Yes. You know, uh, you you sat next to me playing blacksmiths into navigators, and it's uh, it's it's not good for the navigators player. We'll make that ma- we'll make that match up winnable for the navigators one day. Yeah, I swear to uh, God, like <laughs> <laughs> it feels so harsh. It might be one of the worst matchups in Guildball, and this definitely helps with it. Yes, uh, and it helps with the... Masons, and it helps with all high armor teams, basically. Yes, basically, like any. I mean, the big, the big week, the big matchups that. Um... Navigators really traditionally struggle in are, of course, those ones like masons, blacksmiths, um, engineers, uh, engineers, miners, um, and because while sprung a leak is really like minus two armor is a really, really, pardon me, really, really strong effect. Needing to spend an activation to get it up often in guild ball, like you don't have that time. You're like, yeah. I have to take this. I have to go now. You know, like I really need to. I really need to go for this goal now or the ball's going to move away and I'm not going to have that choice. So I don't have the activation to go and use Sprung a Leak. 
and now you don't have to. Like, obviously, it's not as strong as Sprung Lake, but it gives you the option to drop a point of armor just for. And it, it's important to note it's only for the duration of the activation of the Navigator's yeah. mod. So it's not simply um, buffing or counterattacks or anything like that. No. And then Azimuth has changed. What is yeah. changed here? I'm going to throw it to Dom for a little bit because uh, sure. he hasn't talked in a while. Yeah, and I cool. feel bad. Um, Azimuth's changed. So his inf has gone from his inf cap has gone from three up to four. So mm-hmm. it just allows him to kind of put out that little bit more, um, uh, just everything really. So more knockdowns, more damage if they're going for that particular playstyle, which of course navigators have. Um, I want to say he's gained a lowish down with uh, non-momentous push as well. That is correct. That um, the the push result on column two is entirely new. Okay. Uh, so that uh, so that just kind of yeah. Well, he's he's all about the counter attack, right? So it just makes his counter attack that little bit more uh, that little bit more scary. Um, I think that's it for Azimuth, I believe. Well, it's just... uh, it's not so much his counter attack. It's also the ability to push a model out of cover, right? Um, which previously i think his double push was on five very, it, yeah, it was high wasn't yeah it? We, we lowered that down a little bit as well because um like if it's on five and they're in cover and he they have a point of armor he's only rolling five dice and he can't hit the push to get that he needs in order to get them out of cover you know like it's kind of a, it's kind of you kind of end up in a horrible spiral where you can't take the result you need because you can't take the result. You need to get them out of cover because they're in cover. And then they I remain mean, in cover. And then there's less interaction. And then, well, and you're burning through your influence. Yeah, and navigators generally like because for for the same reason they hate armor, they also hate attacking things in cover because of their very unique playbook construction and how their momentum generation works. So losing like tack penalties for navigators is much harsher than tack penalties for any other guild. That makes sense. I think those all seem like great shit. I think it it makes them a you know it just cleans up some of their matchups. It makes them have much more playing things. And I, I, navigators have always been a fun guild in my mind. Like I, so I, I look forward to seeing more of them as a consequence. Should we move on I, to? I absolutely do not. Yeah, I don't, I... To... <laughs> I don't want to see any more navigators. I'm done. Like Odd for your own back. <laughs> yeah, like every time I lose to navigators in the next six months, I'm going to be like, I did this. This was me. This was all me. Yeah, this is like... <laughs> <laughs> Shall we, um, should we look at um, engineers that have probably had... We've talked about the salvo change. Big changes to them are to both their captains, because engineers, yeah. I think, were one of the most mono-captain guilds that you'd see. It was always Rivet, wasn't it? Um, she was yeah. toned down a bit in the last errata. So let, let's talk about Ballista first, because his changes are a bit smaller. And yes. then talk about Penny, who's quite significant. So, I think a big thing with Ballista as well, I remember his win rate being quite low on Longshanks as well. Yeah, it was down yeah. some, somewhere about 40%-ish. Um, he, he does have quite a low win rate. And one of the things that we sort of thought in testing is that Ballista's fine as long as he always hits Deadbolt. Yeah, but if he ever misses a deadbolt, things can suddenly get very, very difficult for him very quickly. Um, and so that was definitely part of what informed the change on him, which is the if a friendly models in his momentous inspiration aura, they now get to bonus time for free once per character play. Uh, um, 
So that means he basically gets the dead ball. Uh, he basically gets the bonus. To, yeah, he basically gets free bonus time on his dead ball. I think that's that makes a lot of sense because he doesn't have, say, I guess like other ranged captains, like you know, um, I guess Steel Jaw is automatic when she hits, so she gets that. You know, she gets the yeah. eight, and then Smoke and uh, Smoke is better at retreating if she misses than Ballista. Yeah. And, and and actually has less sort of and always has the legendary as a backup if she's trying to kill something. And then yeah. I guess Corsair is Corsair. So he A has his legendary. If you if you really need to hit that drag, you get it on the legendary. Yeah. And also yeah, yeah. Corsair's just really tough and usually surrounded by a team full of bouncers. So yeah. even if he's standing there, it's still Corsair that you have to deal with. Yeah, that's that's basically accurate. Like Ballista just he he has he has quite a lot of reliance on Deadbolt. Like it is his signature character play, and if he's going to go first activation, he can't bonus time that, for instance. Yeah. Um, and I guess he's got minefield cheaper now, which gives him some better defensive tech for you know if he does miss yeah. or if, if you're putting him in a dangerous position for that. Yeah, essentially, uh, and minefield can also the the trigger on the playbook for minefield has gained two damage as well. Um, uh, yeah, so that means um, he can, yeah, he can do that and get a little bit of damage out. It's just minefield is a more attractive proposition now for ballista. Yeah, I always, and... I always hated minefield anyway because uh, you know I'd run victory all into it, and you're like, oh, she's got half her health left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like you're like, saying, oh, you don't want to see that on navigators. I do not want to see minefield get better because <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, victory's just gone. Um, let's talk about Pinvice because I think she's the one that people are going to be really excited about in Engineers, isn't she? The Blister ones are good, solid quality of life changes. What he does is yeah. fundamentally quite good. It just helps that. Pinvice is much more of a rework, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Pinvice is... Pinvice has changed. So her playbook has gotten considerably better. Um, we dropped her tackle to column one. Uh, we upped her one damage to column two, made it momentous and gave it a dodge. So actually there's quite a nice mirror... Uh, there's quite a lot of symmetry in her playbook now of her momentous damage results. Um, and we added Tackle Dodge up on four, which is obviously all good changes. Um, controller went down to cost two, because um, what we were finding is Controller is quite difficult to justify um, a lot of the time because it's it's half of her influence. So she yeah. has to have done a lot of work with the remaining three influence that she has. Um, and then, so that's all just sort of quality of life stuff, really. But the biggest change is her legendary. Um, so the legendary has changed from being a legendary for a start to being a trait, and it's a global trait, much like we've seen on or a pitch wide trait, or whatever the term we, we use is. Um, that much like we've seen on Steeljaw and a lot of the newer captains, because it's design space that we've really started to explore. And it now, instead of that once per once per game, like where every engineer model gets to pass stuff about and, and you have that kind of crazy turn where it's really fantastic as long as you don't miss a pass. Yeah. Um, now it's once per turn whenever, when a friendly model anywhere on the pitch receives a successful pass, that friendly model can immediately make a pass without spending influence instead of uh, passing or just making a snapshot. So... It basically you have pot be- it's basically pot belly pass from Fangtooth. Yeah. Um and that's a global 
but as a global, so any model can do it once per turn. And can um, the model that makes the pass, so when you pass to a model and then use mm-hmm. that play, remind me, can uh, can that model that's made the pass take a dodge? Yes. So let's say Salvo. Can... Let, let, yeah, let's say Salvo passes to Velocity or something. Salvo yeah. can take a, Salvo can make a dodge, and then Velocity can pass back, and Salvo can dodge again. Or in the second pass, either of them can dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the the passing model, the initial passing model, can dodge off that pass. Just the receiving model can't. So you've got essentially from that the sort of uh order style turn one lock in goal don't you you know like yeah. first activation goal the sort of the seat the season spigot goal run is yeah. is basically doable now for for engineers which is really interesting because it opens it opens up a whole different style of play and she seems like a sort of a bit of a a bit of a hybrid between sort of honor and maybe season brisket and order and things like that and she and it's just cleaner again, isn't it? We talked a bit about that with some of the other stuff. That that the thing with that pin vice legendaries was quite messy. You saw yeah. people off going, "How does this play? And how does this work yeah, out?" Yeah, and we've but there's, we've, this is very like, like we've reduced it down in complexity a lot from when it first came in in season two, and it was like half of the back of her card was just text <laughs> explaining how well well oiled machine worked. I remember the first um, time someone did it against me. Like I think it was in early season three. I'd not seen her, and I was just like, "What?" Well, I'm just going to assume that yeah, we're doing this fine. Like, I'm like, just going to, I'm just going to trust that you know what's happening because I, yeah. I don't. Like, um, and yeah, so this obviously makes it simpler, and also it spreads the power of the one legendary turnout around the rest of the game. Basically, like it means she can, it means she can do things. I mean, it, it makes it have an impact on every turn rather than just the legendary turn. Um, and it means it's not quite as catastrophic if you miss a pass on your legendary and then suddenly you're like, oh god, well, good, this is it, that's yeah. that's game, you know. Because the play's gone and you've lost the legendary is a big, it's a big, yeah. it's a double loss, isn't it, almost? Like, you've lost the ball and you've lost the legendary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, and I think, yeah, her playbook looks really good now as well, and especially, you know, because she still has... You know the ability to get access to tooled up and the ability to put deletion on herself, so she can, you know, she can seriously put out damage still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, she she always could. Um, yeah. And it's a little bit better because her one damage, so her one damage has moved up a column, but it is now momentous and has a dodge. So it's probably it's overall her damage is slightly better, yeah. providing your you roll at least two hits. You know, but it's still something you're wanting to flex in. Like it's not like. I guess like it's not like she's competing for you know if you want to take a BT fighty captain you're taking ballista or you're taking rivet it's just that pinvice can still flex into that sort of play yeah exactly like because pinvice is always very, is always intended to be very like to pinvice is intended to be a very varied captain like she's a striker herself but she can buff her team to do kind of whatever whatever you need them to do you know yeah. Let's um let's talk about another guild who've had uh some buffs to sort of striker type captains. Uh should we talk about blacksmiths? Um which sure. you've uh you know, who who saw a hit to their previously very grindy playstyle, and it looks to me like you guys have been trying to trying to push the more football y models in the guild, which is sort of how they were originally released, wasn't it? It was a, a yeah. tough a tough football team and then they became just a really tough fighty team. And now they're sort of going back a bit. 
Yeah. Um, Dom, I mean, do you want to do you want to jump in on any yeah. of the blacksmith changes? Like... Yeah, sure. So, um, like Ferrite, for example, uh, I believe her attack has gone up one point, so nope. that helps. Nope, that stayed the same. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? I I like oh, this. Oh. Sorry, I'm gonna actually have a lot of fun here. So, Dom, just guess which changes have happened. <laughs> <laughs> he says. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, fair right. Sorry. Fair right. What do you think changed? What do you think changed? Go on. What do you think like... changed? Uh, 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 he says with both cards open. Um, so the stat line. So changed. you're you're playing the oh. the, the most high pressure game of spot the difference. Like, <laughs> while on a while on a podcast recording. Like. It's fine. My anxiety's great. No, it's fine. Um, her movement stats gone up. So uh, she's gone from five seven to a six eight. So that allows her just to go and grab the ball that little bit easier. Um, I don't think the rest of the uh, no, the rest of the stat line is exactly the same. Uh, what else do we have? This, uh, this is great. This is great radio. This is like, quality radio. I, the legendary has I, changed. Dom. I like that. I, I like that. I could help, and I'm choosing not to. <laughs> you're, you're a bad man. I've, I've just sent Dom the change list. <laughs> the oh, you're a star. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I know uh, it's hard to keep track of all that. So, so she's basically she is faster, and her legendary is a pulse now. She's got the anti-vet greed treatment, basically, hasn't she? Yes. Um, yeah. So she's sort of back and viable as a striker captain who can also buff your team out because she. I I'd use her a few times as like a tech piece, particularly into like vet boar randomly, but that was more about her interaction with iron. It mm. wasn't specifically mm. about her in her own right and now i think she yeah i think she's a very valid you know sort of either a kick piece or a piece that supports your kick on turn one and puts a load of buffs mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Um, yeah as a as a kick piece she certainly went from you saw her all the time in season three to never really being seen that often in season four but i think the additional move and the change to the legendary means that there's it kind of reopens up that proactive She's a phrase term, non-blacksmithy blacksmith plays a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's to, to, as at the day of recording, uh, Fraser has shared his blacksmith tier list, um, so everyone is aware of Fraser's blacksmith tier list, which is ranking every guild by how good they are at being blacksmiths. Um, and this is yeah, this is definitely buffing. Well, how good they are at being blacksmiths in terms of how blacksmiths played when he played them which is that incredibly slow defensive grindy playstyle yeah um where he had i think a 100 percent win record with anvil yeah um and won like two nationals with it and stuff as well it was okay his record was was okay with it, it was, was it was fine yeah no, it was it was, fine. O- it was all right it's all right yeah yeah i won an eight man event <laughs> it's uh yeah uh, where most of my points oh, were. oh well, well welsh nationals was it like... <laughs> hey hey <laughs> sorry dom no, that's that's, um, that's totally fine <laughs> so, i guess what, what um, you've definitely changed is the less seen models right you know other yes. than we'll talk about burnish a bit he was the one you did see but you didn't really see cast ferrite or osender um mm. the cast changes I'm just, I mean, I'm not a big fan of people who talk about Magical Christmas Land, right? But in Magical Christmas Land, uh, a tooled up cast hitting a burning model now has momentous seven on two hits. That seems uh, fun. It's pretty okay. That's all right, yeah. yeah? Like, I mean, the key, the key thing there is she only gets to do that once. Exactly. No, so no, it's, no, momentous, I... it's momentous seven, and then it goes back down to a momentous four. 
And honestly, Blacksmith Apprentices should have that kind of very high impact activations. Because if if she's tooled up and she's attacking a like a, a burning model, you've put some work into setting that up. Done your job. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, it's not like not put debuffs out there and things. Yeah. And all of and I think Cast is really interesting because she was she and Vet Cinder have like are the most utility apprentices and Vet Cinder was just better at it than Cast. You know, two yeah. melee, you know, slightly better character play, more reliable. And now I think there's a really genuine choice there. And because Cast still maybe just slightly less with two influence than V Cinder does, but you know, she's got the extra mobility, she's got the ability to dislodge the ball from players, which really yeah. opens up the football game. Um yeah, I, I just I just and it's what I like about the cast changes is they're very, very simple. You've just changed the playbook and you've just made it a bit harder for models to get counterattacks off into yeah. her because she's inch melee. And because I think that that was one of the things one of the reasons you never saw cast before yeah. was that she was a one inch melee who was also very susceptible to counterattacks yeah. and didn't really have any way, like, if someone has a double disengage, because she doesn't have a knockdown, um, if someone has a double disengage on their playbook, she's just like, well, guess I hope you roll bad. Yeah. Whereas you know, V-Sender had a two-inch melee, so you yes. you, know, you can get around that. Like, as, And this, I think, opens up a really interesting space for her. Um, and she's also one of the apprentices that is... She's okay if she's not with her master, like yeah. she has that flex as well. She's not tethered in the same yeah, way. Yeah, like the the burning passion is nice, but it's not. It's, it's not. A, I must bring burnish with her at all times. You know. Yeah. And speaking, speaking of burnish, of, yeah. Speaking of burnish, um, so flame belch's damage has gone up. Uh, it's now once per turn though, because doing four several times may have been, you know, <laughs> a bit value in it. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all right. Um, and it looks like reduction. Um, um, there's been a change to reduction as well. Yes. So re- reduction, I would now argue, is possibly the best condition removal in the game. It's absolutely amazing. I was um, I was messaging sort of a friend of the show, another media person, Connor Rooney, and I were I can't think you might have seen in the media. Connor Rooney, Jesus, is Connor Rooney, a friend of the show. He appeared on the show and talked non-stop for about two hours. I, I apologize. Some, get rid of him. Some, yeah. say, so, some say you didn't even invite him on. Like, no, he just turned up. Just, yeah. I, I wasn't even recording with him. I just heard him. <laughs> just, my mic just picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was just talking about Guild Ball in a neighbouring yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was just picked up by my uh, mic that was on the lowest sensitivity set. Yeah. Uh, but I think what I was saying is that, you know, Burnish, you did see play, but it's a very specific tech piece. Yeah, it was, it was literally ever for... with the iron bunker. Yeah, yeah, and it was very much like having played a little bit of blacksmiths myself. It was very much like you brought burnish because you felt you had to, but yeah. you didn't wanna. You know, yeah. it was like, yeah, I guess I'll bring him, but like, ugh, if I have to, you know. Whereas now, I think you've got that. Yeah. You... Whereas previously you were taken for plating, now you would actually just bring him for reduction. Even if you thought plating wasn't going to be any reduction, just is fantastic to be able to yeah. clear all conditions, especially in a guild that likes to bunch up. Yes, because that's the that's the key thing about Smiths is that they they really like bunkering up. Like they 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 want to sp- like you you want every single one of your models within one inch of every single one of your other models. You know. Yeah. I think I was on Discord the other day, and there was a guy saying, I've started playing Blacksmith, do you have any tips? And it was basically just buy a one-inch widget. Yeah, like, that was never... for, yeah. <laughs> whenever anyone, whenever Fraser, whenever someone's like, oh, I'm struggling with Blacksmith, Fraser's like, buy, get a one-inch widget, you'll be fine. 
That's yeah. literally the only tool you need. Like, but I guess the difference with this is what it also means is you like taking burnish means you're not taking a sentinel master. So, you, so that yeah. defensive game breaks down a bit more. Yeah, what like it does now mean is you can move forward and and sort of recover models because it means you can basically double heal. You know, you can stand the model up and you can heal it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it gives you a lot more sort of security around that. Yeah. Like, really, it's just, it's more about making, for Burnish, it was more about making his toolkit. Um, just just making it so that, like, in the matchups where you kind of have to run him, it yeah. felt less like, oh, God, well, I guess I'm bringing Burnish because I suppose I have to. Like, I mean, now I can't wait to run him into, say, you know, Rivet. I was like, oh, you dragged your whole team forward. Well, yeah. <laughs> here's a four damage fire AoE, and now you can deal with cast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think there's a lot more potential for that to be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and him actually being assigned influence, which, like, which I I played him, like, I, play, I played about two or three games of Blacksmith quite recently, because I was just trying to get a feel for them. And, um, yeah, it was one of those where I was like, yeah, I never, I am never going to give this model influence. Like, this just feels bad. Unless I've received and I want him to pass the ball, yeah. That's it. Like, I am never, ever going to give this model any influence whatsoever, you know? And I think, oh, and especially if you see cast more as well, you're going to have at least, like, maybe, do you know what? I'm going to put, a, like, a, you know, a sort of little one on him just in case she knocks the ball free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things like that. Should we go to Cinder as well, who also has, uh, also has Kill the Ball? Because she so, was the yeah. rarest sighting of all apprentices, wasn't she? Yeah. I, yeah. That, Dom, that was Dom, Dom, what changes do we have on Cinder? Um, Cinder, so uh, her, defense... <laughs> yeah, her defense has gone up by one. She's lost unpredictable movements. Kindling now gives a free attack. And uh, um, Searing Strike has been added as well. Uh, oh, no, it's in addition to... Uh, uh, there's something about Searing Strike there. Oh, God, I'm useless at this. <laughs> oh, you're nailing it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're nailing it. Like, don't okay, worry about it. Cool. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll stop being mean now. That's uh, fair. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, no, I, I think I think the changes to Cinder were warranted because uh, V Cinder basically became like she was one of your first couple of apprentice picks. So it's a yeah. try and break that kind of well, you're always going to see V Cinder because why would you ever use O Cinder? Um, which I think was design wise, she was always such a, uh, an interesting model to see because uh, very much the same reason that like Salvo is quite handy because of things like Kill the Ball and Tether Ball, for example, like she could basically on a receive have certain areas of the pitch where you just flat out couldn't kick to um, yeah. so i think this helps see her this will hopefully see her be taken more often i think hopefully yeah i think so and i think also just that you know she was one of the first was she the first model to have an actual range like her attack was range yeah like yeah, yeah. Like, far and, far strike she was the first model to ever be able to, uh, to to influence the opponent from a distance that wasn't a character play yeah, and that's a really so it's nice to see that get buffed a bit because that like range tackle trick of hers is is nice, and I think you know it's something that people always have to just be a little wary of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that you know I can see it. You know, one of the matchups, a couple of the matchups that Smiths don't really like are people like Scalpel and people like Vet Rage. Yeah, I mean Scalpel and... is still like Scalpel is still I think always going to be a tough matchup for Smiths, yeah. but because she undoes their fundamental mechanic and that's that's fine. Like you know, like yeah. that is what ha- you get those matchups like you were saying with navigators and farmers. But yeah. I guess what, 
what this does do is create a different type of pressure point that smiths can use. Yeah, like smiths are now, I think, much more capable of trying to outscore scalpel rather than yeah. previously where you were like, I guess the plan is we bunk her up and we hope she rolls bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which yeah. is literally how Fraser won. I think it was Scottish Nats. Oh, I think Perkins, Perkins went yeah. to, and Perkins was like that. had like a full influence scalpel. All all he had to do was kill Sledge to win the game, and just completely whiffed entirely. I, uh, I think I remember that game. Like uh, as you do after your event, after your games finish at events, you go over to your mates, see how they're doing. And I was walking towards Perkins, and he just looked at me. He just kind of shook his head. I was like, right, okay, fine. I'll just go, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'll just go grab a drink, shall I? Uh, yeah, I like, Perkins still brings that up occasionally. Like, he's still not over it. Like, It's fair. I mean, it's it um, real bad. It was real bad. I remember. Yeah. So I think she... Yeah, so like, I, I feel like, yeah, it gives you more of an option to try and do something different into Scalpel rather than just hope that Scalpel makes a mistake or rolls badly. And I guess it means... it. it because what they also couldn't really undo was unpick Scalpel's little bunker thing. Yeah. And actually yeah, now yeah. Scalpel has to be a bit more careful about bunching up because actually Cinder can get to the ball and, you know, she's not charging anyone. If she's taking the Kindle attack, she's not buying the attack. So, like, gas is no help there. Yeah, exactly. So it can, like, in certain instances, it can save you, like, two influence. It's not just one influence, it's two influence you're saving if you're only planning on making one attack against gas, you know? Yeah. And she's still yeah, so so she I'm I'm really interested to see her back on the table. And I think for me the changes to cast and sender mean at least for the first little while I'm gonna leave Vet Sender out of my twelve, which feels like a thing you would never have said, you know, before this errata. Yeah. I mean that's that's sort of phenomenal to hear. Like I never you know, like like before this errata came out, I don't I don't like I think Vet Sender was in every single blacksmith lineup. Like, I think the only times I didn't use her was like if there was a very specific like I need Culvern and Cutlass and yeah. I, something like that. Like it was always like it, it was always as you say like a feel bad choice. It was like I really yeah. want Sender, but I want to do this specifically negative thing, <laughs> so I can't I can't take her. Like yeah, yeah. I feel um, it's also relevant that none of these models have. I mean, arguably Sender's gotten a bit of a defensive buff because unpredictable movement was kind of just bad on her yeah because Especially. if she was ever getting hit by a, by a two inch melee zone model it just never triggers and it's just because of how blacksmiths play often you're like well i, I don't want it unpredictable because i'd have to go out of sentinel in order to do that so like yeah ah, this kind of sucks like whereas this... we're just sorry go on no i think that really helps and i think what it means is you might use say one or instead of all three masters having sentinel one or two masters with sentinel where you might use them more as bridges so mm -hmm. you, you're mm -hmm. going to push forward much more aggressively and her having better defensive stats mm -hmm. like is better like it's mm -hmm. better that she's a 4-1 without unpredictable than a 3-1 with unpredictable because when yeah. she goes in sentinel again you know so i think that stuff is really helpful and Should she can also um use decoy still yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just be six, like, six no, two. six two in yeah. is a, a beastie ball holder, right? <laughs> yeah, like it feels like that's absolute hell to get a ball off of as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um... Uh, sorry. Do you mind if we just pause for a second? Cause I need to jump off for one second. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right, just leave a timestamp. We're back in one. Yeah. 
cripple Bryce, Dom. We've broken him. Done. <laughs> I'm just chuffed that my farmers have managed to avoid the errata again. We've done really well. <laughs> <laughs> so who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, did you have to work hard to stop them getting buffed? I mean, they are getting buffed, I guess, because they're getting shepherds, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can, we can, we can drop kind of bushel and fallow from the twelve and just throw in two models we may actually use. Um, that looks quite fun, though. Um, you're coming down to the LGT, aren't you? I am indeed coming down to the LGT. Uh, probably still be playing farmers for it. Like shepherds are nice, but my long chunks ranking has started to go up. So, <laughs> Ooh, I mean, have you not played? Because that's always the key trick to get the long chunks ranking up, isn't it? No, I've been playing. That's the, I think that's been the mistake. It's left at eight points today because the first vengeance of last year has fallen off, uh, which I went okay. three and four at. So. Uh, although Chris Chalicum is still like 20 points high of me on the Welsh rankings. So you I'm must like, be able to catch him. You must be able to catch be, Chris. got to be. Like, I'm as good as he is. Like, that's doable. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's, have you got anything good that's... Because uh, he, he'll lose... I played him in the final of, a, of an event. Mm. I can't remember when. Sometime last year. So he must have that to drop off. I um, guess he went to WTC yeah. as well, didn't he? Um, I, I don't really lose anything that's too good until LGT, but like a lot of my events at the moment have been okay. like top three. Oh, here he is. He's back again. Oh, uh, We were just Sorry. talking about Dom's quest to become the, the leading Welsh player. Yeah. <laughs> you know about the Chris Chalicum final where I basically broke him in like the like on turn one because it was the vet bore into Blacksmith's final and he did the thing where you load all the buffs onto Shank. Yeah. Um, and I had the Faris legendary up and had Sledge with uh, the extra two hits from Hearth. And basically, Sledge, so Sledge gets to make a free pass, dodges into Rage of Shank, charges Shank. Um, and he's like, oh, Death Stance. Uh, and so I do momentous 10 damage knockdown to Shank. Wow. It's like a plus five net hit. So it's yeah. odds on anyway. And you could yeah. just see. Even- and he's like, oh no. So he's like, Shank's going to die, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, Shank's going to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your legendary vet boar. <laughs> like, uh, there's a peak vet boar era as well. So you're just yeah. like, that. I, so I, I always find it funny because I've never, I've never lost a game to vet boar. Like, even at the height of, um, uh, like when he was, you know, peak busted whatever um, yeah. and I just never lost the game to him because farmers are really good into him I think that because was you the... so just yeah because it was it, I think that was the thing it was certain teams were fine but other teams just had a very hard time dealing with that boar I mean alchemists just couldn't deal with them at all like it was just, and they still yeah. to them a lot but like they just couldn't do anything you know whether it's blacksmiths war or because even when you kick, like that was when I used Ferrite as the kick tech, and you just basically mm-hmm. are like, okay, you can come in with Shank, the two models you can hit are Iron and Anvil, and they're both in cover. And like, then basically Anvil goes last and just escorts Shank into the middle of your entire team. Yeah, and then you can actually kill him first activation, because you've got like, plus four tack and he's knocked down, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you just battering around double, put, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And you, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, let's recommence. We were on Brewers, I think. So um, let's talk about Brewers. So um, there's a minor change to Decimate, which is basically just about the 
um, heroic play, Duelist Lunge being a one-inch dodge. So it just makes her a little less taxi-ish. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. And then you have made a change to Estos, which is pretty exciting. Um, this is this is part of the move away from... Uh, I think on the previous podcast I was saying that Brewers... Like, you know, a pub fight feels like, you know, a bunch of people barge into a pub and more than pile on top of each other and it gets bigger and bigger and there's a bigger rock and everyone gets involved. And until quite recently, Brewers felt actually like what happens is Vet Decimate sort of walks up to you and says, do you fancy popping outside? So you yeah. go outside <laughs> and then all of our pals jump and batter you in the street. Yeah, <laughs> Decimate's sitting there like, oh, do you want a square go, mate? Do you want a square go, mate? And then you go outside and like, it's not a square go. It's nowhere near no, a square go. All, all, all the honels turn up. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys actually say then? What's a, what's a square go? <laughs> Square goal like literally means like fair fight kind of like oh, okay. if you like, if you ask someone for if you if you, I say if you ask someone if you if you propose a square goal with someone yeah, yeah. it's my good uh, sir my good sir may I ask you for square goal yeah it's the Scottish version of a duel basically sure. <laughs> um uh, in a pub car park yeah uh, but yeah it's basically saying like square goal is like your mates won't jump in my mates won't jump in like let's just have a fight the two of us. And it almost never happens. Like somebody's oh. mate always jumps in. Like but... always honors. Always honors. Um, yeah. Okay, so Estos has voice of command. Four inch pulse, friendly models when this pulse suffer three inch push directly away from this model. So this is this is a straight up turn one buff, right? This yeah. Like this is this is this is design space we've started exploring um quite recently is that of like pushing friendly models, which is a really handy way of getting around the fact that brewers like one of their design pillars is that they're not supposed to have dodges yeah um and this is kind of a handy way of getting around that so <laughs> we it's a way to, cheat. A way to <laughs> cheat so like around the rules that you yourself have created yes we are cheating You're... ourselves <laughs> it's fair um, but i think this is basically just allowing it's sort of breaking down what was that sort of cork or very defensive play style where someone gets fetched and brought in this is much more about I guess, like, the direction you've gone with Tapper, where the whole team moves yeah. forward engages, right? Yeah, like, you'll notice that I think almost all of it, I was going to bring it up on Blacksmiths as well, but, like, almost none of the buffs that you've seen here are defensive. Yeah. Like, none of the buffs on any of the models in this errata are defensive-based. Like, they are all aimed at allowing you to do more things during your turn or to make the things that you do more efficient or better yeah um and esther's yeah like because now you can do some really really mad stuff again almost swore again there uh you can do some really really mad stuff with esther's and um what do you call them uh big boy stave Stave. oh yeah you can just bash everyone yeah because yeah you can do stuff like if you kick you can chuck chuck a barrel push your whole team three inches do a voice of command push them off three inches and then use your heroic with esters to stand everyone up yeah and so your whole yeah so your whole team is just way up the pitch yeah that's that sounds fine (laughs) (laughs) um and then pint Um, pot as well you've changed well esters is one more point i just wanted to, to bring up which is that the uh, range on her passive uh, buffs has increased. So Ari is now a six-inch aura, three heroics, and her heroics now a four-inch aura instead of a th- four-inch pulse. Sorry. 
That makes sense. Yeah, so it's just, again, just making sure that you're just, getting that sort of value out of it. Because I guess Corkers was sort of a global, really, wasn't it, with the beer tokens? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, it means like it, it means your positioning is less constricted, you're less sort of you, you can play less clumped up, which was always yeah. a problem with brewers. Um and it just gives them much more freedom to sort of spread out a little bit. And I guess you saw Corker basically sort of removed Esther's as a captain because he's very similar to Esther's uh, yeah. in terms of yeah, yeah. what he was doing. So this puts some clear daylight between them as well. Yeah, essentially like she can now. She now speeds up, like with quick foot and voice of command. She has a, a plus five threat range extension on any model. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then Which you've got Spigger, pretty and then solid. You've got, yeah, 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 yeah. Like once Brewers get all of their buffs up, now they're really fast. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to just put them all on Stave just to see what a fast Stave looks like. You know, just for the comedy effect, almost of it of him. Well, I mean. I mean, you can push like with Steve. You can push yourself for free with Esther's, and <laughs> yeah, then that's true. like get quick foot on him, so he's a sexy, and then the uh, spigot aura, so he's an eight ten. It's the image of him just dropping a barrel on himself and then getting <laughs> up and like charging up the pitch, and then Pint Pot has changed as well because he was one of the models you you really didn't see that much. So there's yeah. a few sort of playbook changes, and then the big one, uh, this the taunt play. Um, when this model ends in advance, choose an enemy model within two inches of this model, the enemy model suffers a one-inch push directly towards this model. Yeah. So on a basic level, it like allows him to engage more, right? But yes. it also seems to work really well with Barroom Brawl on Tapper, because one of the things was often when Tapper would go in and lock models in, they'd push Tapper out. So yeah. now you can use Pinepot to like sort of push them in. I mean, yeah, like Taunt's a really interesting one, because it's a trait that is... In some ways, it's just almost giving him a two-inch melee because you can put yeah. an enemy model into your melee zone. But it also has a lot of little tech uses, like um, pushing someone out of cover is probably going to be the most obvious one. Um, pushing farmers away from harvest markers, pushing apprentices out of sentinel, like there's tons you can do with this. Yeah, yeah. pushing yeah. pushing people out of a defensive aura. Um, especially because he has pushes on all of his damage results as well. So as soon as he buys an attack, like he can either knock you down or he can just push you further in. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of a really cool further expansion of Brewers. Because like Brewers are allowed pushes and we're exploring more of what that can mean. Like we're being less restrictive than just giving them. That means they get playbook pushes, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think those are really nice little sort of, you know, sort of changes. The Estos ones are quite fundamental, but the other ones are quite sort of nice. Like the Pint one is just sort of quality of life again, isn't it? Yeah, Pint Bot's quality of life and also gives him a little bit of tech into some matchups and some positioning. Um, but also, I, I, I think it's important not to understate the playbook buffs because yeah, they are, are big, actually, aren't they? Quite, quite significant, yeah. Like it's. It is not. It's not nothing on the playbook. Like those, those make his damage significantly higher. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because he's got uh, yes, momentous knockdown to move down, and he has basically both his damage results have gone up, right? Uh, yeah, like his two damage is now on column two. Yeah, instead of three, and um, I think the three damage has dropped from three to. Four. I'd need to check his old cards for the three damage playbook. double push as well. No, doesn't yeah. It? So, so there's some yeah, good, yeah. yes, big, 
some yeah definitely helps us open which i think is always the thing you was struggling with because i think brewers struggle with the fact that hooper has the best output for damage and two inch reach yeah and and really good condition clearing so yeah so some equalization there makes sense and then the last model that's been changed is matagi who is yep. probably very rarely seen so he's he's gained two health points um yep. farsight has changed to hawkeye uh, and his playbook has changed quite substantially as well. What, what's the thinking there? Um, really, he just was almost never seen yeah. play, realistically. Like, it's just Falconers are one of the, the Warsaw minor guilds. Um, and Matagi, having played a bit of Falconers myself, Matagi feels like pretty. Like, he's got a model you ever really want to bring. Yeah. Well, I think... so health just, just, it just dies, doesn't it? Like, he was, he was just. Like, shooting from a farm's perspective, I could see him and just go, well, that's a fresher two VPs right there, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that is a model that I'm going to get two VPs off of at some point in the game. Like, because, yep, like, that's yeah, just going to yeah. happen. Like, well, there's um, no, yeah, he brings a bit of efficiency, doesn't he, as well? And he brings... Yeah, which is, which is something that the Falconers actually don't have. Like, they, no. they, have, they have almost nothing that... Whereas quite a lot of guilds now have like free character plays or free attacks or free things that they get to do, yeah. Um, Falconers didn't have any of those, and that did feel noticeable while playing them. And now Matagi gives you he gives you a free attack, um, yeah. six inches away, which is just something that no other model in the guild brings. So it should make him a little bit more attractive a proposition. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. And also making. It. And also dropping the GB trigger from Harrier down from column two to column one and putting a dodge on it um, just makes it it makes it a more attractive thing because he can attack from free and put out a Harrier momentously from six inches away rather than having to just hard hard buy it like which is what you would always have to do originally uh, and also dropping his tackle down by a column makes it a little bit more reliable from attacking six inches away as well. Yeah, so he's got a bit of ball pressure. And he's, he feels like also, like we talked about jailing in the previous podcast, but actually he feels like quite an asymmetric jailing model. You know, so you've got someone knocked down and on like one or two health. Mm-hmm. Well, Matagi can then go first from quite a long way away, hit mm-hmm. them, position a Harry or somewhere useful, mm-hmm. or, or, or kill, you know, so do something. If you can hit them up to the two damage Harrier, for example, that's quite a nice mm-hmm. thing you mm-hmm. can do. Or hit them, position the Harrier, and then snap fire them, or something like that. So he's got some little bits of cheeky sort of stuff he can do as a good early activation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just giving it just gives the Falconers a little bit more efficiency and a little bit more choice, really, and yeah. and, and bringing him in their lineups. Like Cause it was a no-brainer. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like you. Played a couple of games with Falconers recently. Like I never played them before, and I was just like, well, I'm not taking Matagi. <laughs> like I'm just yeah. going to take this very big six. And also, hopefully, um, because one of the Falconers' big weaknesses is into aggressive footballing guilds, because they don't really have a good way of... Like, they don't really have a lot of... Like, because everything that they do needs set up, basically. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, like, dropping the tackle down and giving them a free attack from range should mean that they have some way of getting in and disrupting an aggressive footballing team, because he's also pretty fast. Like, he sprints nine and then can attack from six inches away once. So, like, he can actually kind of possibly get in and disrupt a football team. Because if he can do that, grab the ball and then pass it away somewhere, it just should hopefully help patch that match up a little bit. Because that is one of the 
one of the big weaknesses of Falconers is that they struggle into very aggressive football because everything they need to do, everything they want to do, needs set up, and so they very often don't have a good first activation. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's uh, a. I think for me that that's everyone. That feels like a podcast. I think Mm -hmm. again, thank you for taking quite a decent chunk out of your out of your Friday to. Uh, do back-to-back podcasts and um, I, I don't have much more to add to that other than say obviously look forward to seeing you both at the London Grand Tournament if not before oh Vengeance probably and uh... um, yeah I guess we'll see you well I mean we say Vengeance like hopefully that's still going if to be if it goes ahead yeah, if any I mean, will go ahead you know, yeah. obviously because yeah, I mean Adepticon's just been cancelled and yeah like big events are going down. I mean, I think Vengeance is under the numbers for Sky kind of Constant, yeah. Isn't it? like, it's, it's, the LGT could be the LGT could be because that is yeah. A, I mean, that is thankfully slightly further later. away. Yeah, um, that's slightly further in the day, but um, obviously, it just kind of depends how this shakes out. Like, it's it's affecting a hell of a lot of people, and I just sort of hope everyone's okay. And it's one of those where like. There's obviously the temptation to go, oh, this sucks, all my events are being cancelled. But on the flip side, let's not be... Like, it's incredibly... Like, I think that's. I think I've seen a few reactions like that, and I think that's incredibly selfish. I think it's like um, the the, uh, the mother of all uh, don't be a exclamation word. Don't, you know, don't be a swear situation word. Situation to you. <laughs> yeah, basically, you know, like, don't go... If You know, th- these things are being stopped for a reason... If you know, if you have any of the symptom stuff, don't don't go. Like that's quite simple. Like, and I yeah. think I think vengeance might be small enough that it would still go ahead. But you know, that's up to the organisers as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's up to the organisers. Up to I mean, I mean, it's who wants to come because I know vengeance traditionally has a very thing. strong international contingent. Yeah, so and... people don't want to fly or they don't want to absolutely. Yeah, care. and I think that's very reasonable. I mean, we we weren't going like. Uh, before Adepticon got cancelled, we were actually not. We we were actually planning on probably not going anyway because, or at least the majority of staff, um, yeah. because it, it's we just cancelled all the major things like that at my work. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all all the all. You know, we had big, we have big all staff meetings with you know several hundred people, and then those are all cancelled. All the inter office travel is cancelled. Yeah, uh, yeah, so I think yeah. Just... Like we're 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 keeping an eye on it, but obviously, like for those members of staff that we have that for instance we had people at gamma um earlier in the month and they are when they're when they come back they're self-isolating yeah um because they (coughs) pardon me like anyone that kind of has the capability to work from home that is just the safer choice for everyone at the moment and i I mean you just kind of have to hope that it (coughs) pardon me um yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's kind of impossible like, to know what will happen. But well, look, it's one of the big things. Like the perks of like playing a toy soldiers game is that you play it in person and you meet people and you're yeah. socializing in person. And and if something affects that, then you know, sadly, that will have to pause for a little while or take or take place on a much smaller <laughs> sort of basis. And these big events won't you know won't happen. But they will run again. There yeah. is enthusiasm for them. Like I'm yeah. sure. So I I guess we just have to wait and see. You know, yeah, I, I have like, take, no take, expert take on all, any of this. Yeah, like take all the sensible precautions. Listen to what the experts that are yeah. telling you to do, um, and hopefully, 
we'll kind of ride this out and hopefully people will be okay, you know? Yeah, like, that's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, but, but definitely in terms of international travel this year, I think we're... Like, I personally am not going to be travelling internationally if, if I can at all avoid it until this kind of is, is over, you know? Or, or at least there's some sort of, yeah, clarity on all of that, I think. In the, yeah. Because I, I just don't know how it evolves. But I think that's a good note. I think that's a good and reasonably positive note to leave the podcast on, actually, in the sense of, like, some stuff might get cancelled. We, we will all, I'm sure, as a community, understand that. And then, you know, yeah. we can see what happens next. But, um, yes, yeah. yeah, so, so I'm like, going to wrap it, it up there, I think. And, uh, yes, so thank you both, Dom, and thank you, Bryce. No problem. And uh, I will see you, I guess, when I see you. Yeah, cheerio. See you around, Steve. Cheers, guys. Bye.